0: Welcome to the podcast of Conversations with Friends, heard every week on KAOI Radio in Maui, Hawaii. Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Almwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Omwake. Live! Good morning, everyone. I'm Jim Jacobson. And, and this I'm is Mary Omwake. And welcome to Conversations with Friends.
1: It's a great, great day here on Maui. Jim, did you just enjoy driving over here? It
0: is so beautiful out. <laughs> And it, it's just a gorgeous day, and it's nice to be outside. Gee,
1: another gorgeous day on Maui. Oh, how wow. strange is
0: that? If you're <laughs> if you're visiting the island, you're like, what? it's every day. Well, it I, every I day. love
1: every day on Maui. I mean, it is heaven on earth. But the truth is, wherever we are, we're you know I like to tell people you're not a person. You're a, you are a place in consciousness. You, you are. are an opening to either allow this magnificence through. But if Maui makes it easy, it's a
0: lot you. easier to do it here than say I don't know Cincinnati. But yeah. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to besmirch our. I don't city know. Over there you know. I don't Ohio.
1: know. You know. I often say that. But but the truth is that God is everywhere you are, and the infinite goodness of God is everywhere you are. And what a big week this was with the Da Vinci Code opening. Oh
0: my gosh! Big movie. Lots Did you go of, see it? Yet? I have not seen it. Um, I, you know, it's gotten mixed reviews.
1: Well, yeah, but you know, it's such a fascinating. Conversation that people are having isn't and it
0: great that people are talking about this type of stuff? That you know that the, that this book and this movie are really stimulating that type of conversation.
1: It's a wave that's coming. Kind of, we have a very special guest, a uh, local author, uh, Nita Hughes. Will be here in a moment, and she's g- written a fascinating. Actually, she's got two books mm-hmm. about the Cathars, which really um, some of the deep research that Dan Brown turns into his uh, is done by her. Mm-hmm. Her name is Nita Hughes, and and the first book I totally love. It past recall and I just devoured the Cathar legacy. In fact, I stayed up Saturday night when I was supposed to be preparing for my talk. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the Holy Spirit would take care of it, but but we're going to talk to her about the, the what's going on here because what I love the fact I turned on television on Saturday morning and they had The American Mystics and they had Edgar Casey and you know the mm-hmm. d- dream he would go to sleep and literally dream the sleeping
0: prophet. with I think that people's was-
1: illnesses and then they, he was able to heal them. And yeah. I mean thousands of people Thousands of people, and then it went all the way through to the Celestine prophecy, and I remember getting on airplanes as a unity minister and seeing all these business people with their briefcases doing their, you know, mainland flights. Right. All of them, every, you just walked to the back of the plane and there would be Celestine prophecy Celestine people that would never walk into a church, and yet the writer of that was sitting in a unity church in Alabama.
0: When he was first got
1: inspired, he got. yes, he did. He got it sitting right there, and but th- these are spiritual truths. There is just this uh, great awakening. Well, we
0: we saw the the interest and the fervor about the movie What the Bleep, which you know these these modern day things, and I think mo- obviously What the Bleep was more focused as a documentary, and to, but it, it, it captured the imagination of a lot of people who might not otherwise get into this type of material, mm-hmm. and and then now you are seeing it in fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with Dan Brown, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about how fictionalized it is, but I think that the the key is that uh, Hollywood and 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 uh, the book, big book industry is getting behind this in a way that it's capturing the imagination of folks everywhere.
1: Well, I, I think I think they're just they're just uh, responding to this deep soul interest and. And uh, what what we realize is, uh, and I, I love the conversation going on in, on in the television because there's so much ignorance mm-hmm. within people who proclaim to be educated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they get on CNN and whether or not Jesus was married or not. Mm-hmm. But they miss the whole point of the role that Mary Magdalene played. Uh, and and even if you just look at the four Gospels that are in the Judaic Christian Bible that made it through the committees and ended <laughs> up in there, there's 30 Gospels. And all of them refer to her, and many of them uh, refer to her as the first apostle. And mm-hmm. whether you know she was his lover or not, we may never know that. Right. But we do know that women played a major role in Jesus' ministry, and they didn't just hang on. Mm-hmm. They n- underwrote it. And they were leaders and teachers and healers, and and then this and the early
0: church had a vested interest in in re- removing the importance of well, the, even of at the time when Jesus
1: was there, there was the male domination. There yeah. was, Peter came out of that, and Judas was in that, and Paul was in that kind of a uh, a male dominated Greek kind of role of the men. Right, but 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 Jesus was very clear about the role of women and and how powerful women are, and and so I, I think that that's just absolutely. You can't refute it. I mean, there's just way too much evidence that, that the role of Mary Magdalene played in the early church mm-hmm. was substantial. The other thing that's absolutely, uh, uh, for me, th- and I, I think the Da Vinci Code brings it out a little bit, but not nearly strong enough. When they're they're worried about whether Jesus had sex or not or got married, <laughs> what about the Inquisition? Six hundred years of killing. Millions of people, not a few people yeah. here and there, millions of people, all the women on Maui that have this intuition, this divine intuition, mm-hmm. that he, the healers that are everywhere on Maui, mm-hmm. the Inquisition would have knocked would us have off knocked, in a minute, or yeah. probably did, as I told him on Sunday, probably did. But um, anyway, enough of my ranting and raving. No, this is,
0: this is fascinating, and I think you know the fact that it's in the media right now and everyone's talking about it makes it all the more interesting.
1: It is, and, and I just am so grateful for the time that we have incarnated it's a beautiful time, and I can't wait to talk to Nita Hughes because I stayed up to finish her book. The book is in your bookstore now. It's called The Cathar Legacy, but I, I'm going to tell you, honestly, you're going to want to get past recall and read it first, I think. So, um, Nita. Good morning. Good morning. You've been traveling around, went I off to have see been. your kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The
2: best part of
1: life is being a grandmother.
2: It's wonderful, but it's a joy to return home, as you know. When your home is Maui, it's great to be back.
1: It is true. Yes, we, <laughs> I, I'm I leaving for <laughs> Alaska and then followed up by India and Santa Barbara and I just know when that airplane leaves <laughs> Santa Barbara for Maui. Yeah. I know when I go to India, I'm going to be so open-hearted, but I just know when that plane heads home to Maui, I just know how I'm going to feel.
0: You can feel it as you enter the airspace, I think, as you yeah. just come out of, you know, a few hundred miles. You know, you know you're coming home.
1: Yeah. So, Nita, you ran a big bank corporation. You worked with international investors. Now you sit on the beautiful island of Maui and yes. write books.
2: and it's really extraordinary because what I did for that major bank was actually to capture big money from around the world and hide it. Oh. I was in a department <laughs> called International Private Banking, mm. and that meant presidents oh. of the Philippines or of Nicaragua. Oh, yeah. or you. It? and it's uh, uncanny yeah. that now I still turn my interest in treasure. Into well, that's the, the way the treasure. Holy
1: Spirit where You <laughs> were just gathering information. Yes, exactly. Because there is a great scene in the Da Vinci Code where they have that bank, and you have that key, and then right. they, you know have leases for fifty right. years is the shortest one, and all yeah. of that. That you mm-hmm. know, Jim, I'm just not in that in that tax bracket yet okay
0: well i'm not getting solicited i'm just getting those when 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 this radio show goes national
2: (laughs) (laughs) well we're gonna have to
1: sell the radio station probably the right and the transmitter
0: and well anyway
1: right yeah don't let john know about that you know we have to sell it quickly before he finds (laughs) out
0: (laughs) only on tuesdays for one hour so
1: we're talking to anita hughes and and how did you go from that to writing that's a that's a beautiful jump
2: I was always a closet writer, Mary. Even in the bank, if the chairman wanted some newsletter or Christmas greeting or anything in print, did you do they jingles? would turn to me. No, I didn't ever you did do, jingles, do jingles. No, no I was, was much bi- more. Uh, she was
0: too busy uh, <laughs> hiding the money. Right, exactly. Hiding the money.
2: I love but it. But I was a writer. I was. I could be a banker, but it was all a, a front. Yeah, mm.
1: So now that you live on Mount, when did you start writing seriously? Because your first book was Past Recall. Right. And and it's a great book, everybody. It is about the Cathars,
2: right? which tell them
1: who the Cathars are. Yeah,
2: the Cathars were so intriguing. I had never heard of them, and I had the misconception that the Middle Ages, you know, from 1100 to 1400 were probably the Dark Ages, like most of us, and I knew little, but I was at a bookstore, which I often... Is my destination. And a book hit me on the head, literally, and it was about the Cathars. And I thought, okay, this is not a coincidence. And I started reading, and every fiber of my being resonated to the inequity of their destruction. It was the only time a Christian religion was totally destroyed by another Christian religion. And it began the Inquisition, who wanted to get their treasure. And it lasted for 600 years of destroying all heretics in the hopes that somehow the treasure would have been passed on. So uh, I I don't think that
1: Cathars was the first act of the Inquisition. They were already rolling, weren't they? No,
2: actually, they were formed. To destroy the Cathars. That was when that the was Inquisition began. They actually went and yes, before they went yes.
1: into Spain and did all of this. Yes, oh, exactly. okay. Well, I stand and it was a period.
2: Irrelevant. It was so such an enlightened period of time. It yeah. was actually the the society and the culture was so inclusive. You know, with the Arabic culture, the Jewish culture, the troubadours. What it was year an was this? Incredible time. What year? At the turn of the 13th century. From oh, very loving, 1100s? just like a big love in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very
1: gentle people. That's what everyone says. Very, exactly. very gentle. But then there's the Templars who were like the the warrior. at yes. uh, uh, Some place they. Either At least they shared a time period. Did they share? I wondered if they were the protectors of the cathars. I've always I, wondered about I that. I
2: was hoping and wishing and searching in my research to find that that was true because they definitely were there at the same time between the late um, 1100s and the early 1200s in the Languedoc area of the south of France. And they, uh, they knew the lords and they were very much involved with the wealth. They tried to actually protect the Cathars because many of the people who were indirectly related to the Cathars Ah. and the Templars. But the Templars at that point in time were the protector of the Pope. They couldn't outwardly and visibly be seen to be supporting a heretical Component uh. and so
1: their heresy was the, the love factor. They had picked up the real teachings of Jesus,
2: exactly. But you
1: always see that that thread: yeah. the Gnostics, exactly. the Essenes, the the Mary Magdalene early teachings was right. all about the love and the devotion,
2: exactly, and
1: and not yeah. about the power and not about the control, not and, at and all,
2: and not about the outward, invisible signs that had to be obeyed. As far as even the cross and all of the things that were symbolic, and the emphasis on. The symbolism and the edicts of the church were totally antithetical to the Cathar beliefs. They were totally connected to spirit, individually, internally, the Gnostic knowing.
1: Well, and that's so interesting. I'd love to share because in the first century, one of the uh, early church fathers wrote, we have to get rid of the... I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close to this. We have to get rid of the Gnostics because they have a direct revelation from God every single day. And they (laughs) took that as a bad thing when we know that that is our soul's deepest yearning, to live aware that we live, as Paul said, live, move, and have our being in God god 's everywhere within us all around, and the the whole intention is to bring it forward so this This is what I think is so exciting about the da vinci code the 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 remembering of our soul of the Mary Magdalene which is really Sophia, which is an ancient wisdom, and the Cathars must have embodied that in some beautiful, beautiful way, where there was the lineage of Christ actually through children or. The lineage through consciousness—it's clear that you pick something up there. Now, did you go to France and research it?
2: I I went to France and I also went to Turkey and to Ephesus and to all of the uh, spiritual religious places. And but did you write this all off? as a writer. (laughs) Oh, no. I could do that at the bank, but not... Not not as a writer. (laughs) You can't turn that up? now.
0: Where did you go in France to research it? Uh,
2: Primarily the Languedoc area, which is the southern corner near Toulouse. And um, that area is just rich with... They have a major highway with signs saying Pays de la Cathare, which Mm -hmm. is the road of the Cathars. Mm -hmm. And castles everywhere that didn't belong to the Cathars, but belonged to the lords, who very often had family members that became Parfaits and Parfaits, the men and women priests of the Catholic And religion. it means
1: gentle p- people, or wh- what was their name in French, the gentle
2: Yes, uh, the the bonchons, the good men. The good men, the bonchons. Yeah. I mean, what what a way to
1: refer. Talk about consciousness.
2: (laughs) These (laughs) are
0: the good people, the good men. So, when you would do this research, would you go to libraries or churches or talk to folks or or what were you doing?
2: I'm an avid reader, so I read everything I could get my hands on. I tried to learn French, I did it minimally, but I could pick it up from the reading. Mm -hmm. But I went there absolutely and I read. But the uncanny thing was every time, very often when i would be driving on a country road and about to approach a castle i would know when it was coming up i would know what it looked like and more than that i would know the people that were that once lived wow. in well so that Northern
0: energy Western. still resonates in that place so
2: very very much yeah. or oh, resonates from, in you and one of the
1: beautiful things in your story is the heroine is, is called to a cave and finds the relics in the middle of nowhere by a soul call. And these, these, well, I guess you could explain them by just chance or you could explain them by vibration, resonance, or past life. And what do you think, Nina? <laughs> um, Let's put her on the spot. What do I, I you
2: don't think? know that there is such a thing as a past life because more and more, the more I read and study, there is no time past, present, future. As you were saying about the power of now, there really is only now, and there is an interconnectedness. And one of the extraordinary things I came across that I know you'll appreciate, it just blew me away, was this rabbi, Aidan Steinsom, who was described as a once-in-a-millennium scholar, quoted in time magazine he said in the bible time is reversed the future is always written in the past tense and the past in the future and when someone asked him why he said no one knows but in isaiah it says they told the future backwards so that was very provocative to me
1: (laughs) well it's good to know what is it the huna that the world is what you think it is and okay. and that's uh, and all power is in the now moment. So this it's, it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Okay. i this, this is no. no I, I, am I, this I think fascinating. Right. I mean, I think we just heard probably the most profound truth. If you can just let yourself. Yeah. You just have to sink it, into it's it. It's the minute. idea
0: of that there is no such thing as time and space, and and then there's this veil that gives us the illusion that mm-hmm. there is. And I think all these works are helping to kind of peel back that veil so that we get a sense mm-hmm. of that and can really grok it in a way that that makes sense well there's a there's a word from (laughs) way back so
2: when you ask me do i believe in past lives the reality is um there's no such thing but there is resonance and right now there's an extraordinary resonance dan brown is certainly leading the band but the resonance is there for everyone a feeling of Mm. knowing and wanting to know more and remembering at a soul level important things that we need to remember for our immediate future.
0: So do you think that's why people are so excited about this movie and this book? It's not that it's just a good, it's just a a fun read. It's just they're feeling it on that level.
2: It's a great read, and they are feeling it on that level. And Dan Brown orchestrated it to be such a Mm page-turner, and I tried, as Mary probably knows, to emulate some of that, Mm -hmm. um, that it struck that chord Mm -hmm. of a good read. But it struck a deeper chord of, I remember, I know, and I hope that some of this tells me that there is truly hope for the world that lies awaiting Mm. for us just ahead because there's so much trepidation now and uncertainty. Well, that is, uh, I'm sitting
1: here with your book, The Cathar Legacy, and then Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose, which is really our purpose is to simply awaken to what is, and you can only awaken now. You can't awaken next week. You can't awaken in the past. You can only awaken now. And there's such a frequency and a vibration that those who choose to go through the portal and wake up, it's all around us. It's just the invitation. It's given over and over. And I feel like what's so potent about this lifetime is never have there been so many... Awake people, and it's like if a candle's lit, and you get close to it, you get lit yourself, mm. because it's within us, and it's harder and harder to stay asleep. And you see it as the old is falling away, and you see even on the planet tsunamis and earthquakes and hurricanes. I mean, when did they talk about hurricane season like six months? <laughs> but you know, and and in between you've got the fires burning, and you've got the and so it's it, it's that if you think that everything is consciousness and everything is energy and vibration, of course as the old breaks down. It makes sense. And it mm-hmm. also is very interesting that during that tsunami, you know, just put it in perspective 200,000 people killed mm. ag- against 9 11, not to minimize 9 11, mm-hmm. but 200,000 people killed. And very, very few animals killed. Mm -hmm. The animals somehow just knew to go to higher ground. They didn't think, I'm sure they didn't think tsunami season, but something intuitively moved them. And that's the what being present to the presence is something moves me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it moves me. And this is such a great time to practice. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says something about, you know, when you have the light practice (laughs) in the light because when the darkness comes it's really hard to practice and you know we in the dark ages it had to have been really hard so are we taking a break is that what you're saying and if you want to call in Nita will take your calls if you have some questions or this is a fiery issue I wonder if this will be like the piece when we did the piece uh, Cindy Sheehan came and we got our first really so we only have one rule about call-ins: we can disagree but we disagree in love so if you've got to answer a question or anything Please call us, uh, but remember, love is the bottom line.
0: The number is 242-7800 to call us.
1: Yeah, aloha.
0: Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327.
3: Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with the refinance? Hawaii's Premier Mortgage Company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality. Or they can help in the refinance of your existing home. With their experience guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic, Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's Premier Mortgage various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the magicians at either office location. Location: Call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at eight seven four eight eight zero zero, or in West Maui, call six six five eight eight zero zero.
0: And now back to conversations with friends.
1: We're talking with
2: Maui author Nita Hughes, and the book is Jim,
0: The Cathar Legacy, which is the second book. Is this going to be a trilogy?
2: It might actually I think it could well I'd like to write the third book as to the future let's call it the future yeah. and what the treasure which is supposedly has the ability to transform the world what that means how it transformed
0: The first book is past recall and so that's that's a really and you said before we went on the air you were saying that uh, big New York publishers are interested in this book now. Actually, it's European,
2: European. publishers. I tried very hard to get U.S. Yeah. and g- to get an agent. Yeah. It's like an iron wall or at least that's what I experienced. But I went to Europe and the agent in Italy, she has so much interest. It's already been sold to Portugal, Russia, Japan, and now um, a lot of interest in these countries. Yeah, we'll other countries. Come back I, into the United States I'll, and be a bestseller. Right. I hear here.
0: that the Dan okay. Brown's book is big and the movie is big in China. It debuted in China before it Debuted in the United States, and you wouldn't have thought that from no. a from a communist yeah. country. That's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, but you you know China. You're talking about two or three places it, it opened. Beijing is a, a major metropolitan. Yeah. I mean, it's New York it's City. It's a lot of people. <laughs> My girlfriend's uh, husband is there, married to one of their star symphony players. And yeah. I mean, they have. I mean, he's at the top of the game, yeah. and, and he's in um, synthetic music and engineering. And I mean, they're... But that's just this little. But I, I, hub of, you know, another billion people. Uh, yeah, 1.1 1. Right.
0: 1 billion people. I heard that, you know, the, a lot of them didn't know who, who, you know, they weren't quite sure who this whole Mary Magdalene figure yeah, right, was, right, just but just they, they <laughs> did, they knew about the Leonardo da Vinci because there was, yeah. you know, so that was about it.
1: Well, I think it's a great, you know, if you knew nothing, it's a great uh, mystery story. Mm-hmm. It's a great mystery story and, and the movie, was hard pressed in 3 2 what 2 hours and 45 minutes to take that much they left a lot out they left the relationship out the I was just, if you want to talk about the movie, but let's get back to talking about Cathar Legacy because we've got Nita here with us. We can talk about Mary Magdalene and Da Vinci Code just about any time. So um, if you do want to call in and get in the discussion, please call
0: 244-242-7800. That's
1: what I was going to say. Okay, so <laughs> you've got a picture in the book of Mary Magdalene with red hair. Tell me about that. I mean, she also came out of, I know there's some people that say Jesus had red hair, but not very likely in that era. So what,
2: in that area they came out of, so how, how did that happen? So many of the artists depicted her with red hair, so what? how that came to be the primary image of what she looked like, I don't know. But there, there are some that show the dark hair, which was much more typical for that period of time for men and women, but um, the red hair. But apart from getting her hair right, it was very difficult for me to get a close connection or feel for Mary Magdalene, because she was always sort of, Discounted and labeled as a prostitute or a woman mm-hmm. of low repute. That yeah, Christ and that was dealt like with.
1: another Pope, Pope Gregory, that just gives a Sunday one talk, day he
0: just says, and he
1: says she is. There's nothing in the gospel that makes her the prostitute. And mm-hmm. then th- through 1,300 years, she's a prostitute. I mean, from
0: now, the there. Vatican has has since took it back taking it back yeah
1: right yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah right you but it, it's kind of
0: hard once you put it out there for 1300 years well,
1: but but the thing that's so interesting to me about it is she carries the Sophia energy and you pick this up and Absolutely. that's what the deeper wisdom you know Jesus mm-hmm. really carried the love energy the compassion energy yeah. and the woman now,
0: what carried do you mean, the Sophia wisdom Sophia energy I'm not well Sophia's
2: it. ancient yes. tell us about it yeah, yeah she's ancient a, a pagan goddess supposedly but she was the image of wisdom intrinsic intuitive depths from the depths yes of, of wisdom, wisdom. Yeah. and she, Mary Magdalene, carried that wisdom and that intelligence. I was amazed when I read the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. How intelligent and compassionate. She was extraordinary, and she became then real to me. Somebody powerful as. The female energy, which I believe and try to indicate in the book, needs to surface more and more right now in order to make happen what the future needs to happen. And it happen.
0: is. Don't you feel it is happening? It is. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, we're seeing very powerful women who are spiritually connected and are leaders uh, communicating this Can message. Can you name like, those? Uh, the one, there's one sitting, sitting to my left right now. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm you seeing Mary politicians. Thank you. No, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but I'm sorry. But folks like you, Mary. Uh, certainly, <laughs> because um, I see Oprah so many Winfrey. women. Oh, Yes oh, I think yes. we a really w- good example,
1: really carries the Sophia energy yeah. very much carries that energy. Okay. I was thinking that some of the p- women politicians on the planet really have adopted the male mode, mm. which is uh, really not exactly what bringing women into the full partnership, the mm. beautiful chalice that they the, the deep knowing is that holds the fullness of the divine plan that before a baby becomes a great soul Mm -hmm. on the planet as an adult, it has to go through various stages of unfoldment. And I think the women have the ability to see a, a soul in process, a person unfolding and not get stuck. With that's where they are. They yeah. know that it's a natural enfomment. And and they keep the nurturance, they keep the high watch and you need the masculine and the feminine. Well, it's I, really the the fullness.
0: It's the fullness of it. I yeah. see I see a lot of men who are very spiritually connected. The first I'm thinking of Desmond Tutu right now who uh, are basically amazing. out there saying women are the future. This uh, I mean we need to really come back to this female energy, this motherly, whether it's Kuan Yin or Sof- Sophia. Well, look that's at a,
1: Wangari, the woman who won the Nobel mm-hmm. Prize last year and uh You know, just started to plant a tree. Now, you know, she didn't have a 30-year plan. (laughs) She didn't even have a a one-year plan. She just saw you could do it. And I think that is a feminine. uh, We start with where we're at. Mm -hmm. And if a child's hungry, we feed the child. But then at the same time, we're looking at how to make sure we have enough to feed the neighbor's kid, too. Mm -hmm. As opposed to... um, let's just grab as much we can for ourselves. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a, not a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, you know, if you there's not a mother on the planet that would let one of her children be overweight and fat and let 80% of her children starve. Mm-hmm. And yet, the world, that's what the world does. Mm-hmm. You know, The Western world has so much. Mm-hmm. And, and, and half the world lives on $2 a day. I don't think women, once they rise in partnership, would ever allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Nor would they allow more than 50% of the government taxes to go to weapons of mass destruction, which the united states is the big producer of weapons mm-hmm. of mass destruction i've never seen a bigger projection in my life we got to go find them in the desert well no let's go find them right here i mean and i'm i love my country i'm just saying now we are get some phone we calls. are well we are the great producers of weapons of mass destruction they're hiding their money aren't they Nina? They are. <laughs> they're hiding they it. Definitely where are. do they think they're going to hide it when you blow the whole planet up, I mean, where are you going to go get it? You know? I know we're definitely at the tipping point. <laughs> we're at the tipping we're point, definitely. Yeah. I, I think you know somebody said the tide is rising, and the tide has turned, and yeah. I really believe yeah. the tide has turned, and we have to be very compassionate about what's falling away. It's it's not the old is falling away, and uh, and that's, that's the, the good thing. news. Yeah. And the cathars carried the potential. Every place you see love communities, you know it can work because there's no limit to love, creativity, harmony. Sharing. There's no limit to that. You know, there, you, that goes on and on and on and on, and that's what the Cathars must have found a way to do.
0: It. How many Cathars were there?
2: There were quite a number of them, predominantly um, centered around the south of France and north of Spain, but also in Italy. We're talking thousands, thousands tens Germany. of thousands? Tens of thousands, yeah. probably, uh, certainly a quarter of a million or more, but the bulk of them that were predominantly in the south of France in the Languedoc area and the last 250 well not the last but close to the last were sequestered at the top of a magnificent castle called Montségur in the south of France and they finally were starved out, actually the water supply failed and they were Destroyed, mm-hmm. no, that's,
1: that's in the past. Recall book. It is she, this. Yeah. This is cliffhanger too. That one just. <gasps> <gasps> that one I started. This one I actually had to read about 100 pages before I couldn't put it down. And then it was cool. Oh, but that. The past recall, I I, never, yeah. Yeah. I stayed up all night on that one. But it is, yeah,
2: yeah. Yes. and it's true. So yes. how long it did it? Ta- how long
0: did it take to go from the tens of thousands to the 250 that were remaining? How many years?
2: Uh, very quickly. Very very quickly. They did it quickly, one yes. um, they
1: came well, in and wiped uh, them out. Uh, literally, it was. Uh, it was that quickly. Yes, it was very short.
2: And then they continued with all er, all heretics, and down to um, all of the famous scientists that were trying to prove that the sun wasn't the core of the, the Earth, wasn't the core of the universe, but the sun. They yeah. they imprisoned them. They kept anyone that didn't agree with the tenets of the Catholic Church was yeah. suspect.
0: That is interesting. so. When
2: you wrote when yeah. you wrote this, there's a wonderful thing in there called the Bible
1: Code. I mean, this is really a. Uh, <laughs> For the people, I, I've got a friend who loves codes, and um, and I thought she's got to read this book. So, how did you come up with the Bible code? I mean, and you 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 just did some different things. It's really interesting.
2: Oh, I looked at all kinds of codes. You know, the the Aleph code, the um, the codes that were in the Da Vinci uh, books, and um, tried to figure out what could they use to translate the manuscripts to figure out what was so powerful as to transform the world. They had to try translate the manuscripts and I went to everything the gematria and various and sundry things trying for had to have the characters figure out how to translate and then they took the bible code which was extraordinary from many aspects one is it had to be the first five books of the bible it had to of the new testament I mean the old testament it had to be in hebrew no spaces between the words all connected and the year had to be the hebrew year and it's in, an incredible thing that actually um, shows in advance, uh, like the execution of Rabin a now, year was earlier. Is this real, or did you make totally this up? Real. No, oh, totally see, real. Oh, so that's I thought she made that no, up.
0: No, we, there was that famous the book that came out oh a few years ago. Oh my god! The Bible. We, okay, we well, I didn't know that. We, we do, do have, have a have caller. A on the line. Let me give you the headphones here, so that okay, you can hear so the caller.
1: Okay. So we're talking to Anita Hughes. The Cathair Legacy is the book. Hello, you're on the line with Conversations with Friends.
4: Oh, hi. I'm very excited. I I read the first book, and I've just bought the second book, uh, and I'm very excited to read it. Uh, I'm just wondering, Nita, how did you get your information about the cathars? Where, where did you obtain all this information?
2: Well, as I mentioned, the book hit me on the head, and it began with that book, <laughs> and then I quickly turned to everything that I could find, most of which was written in French. But I I did my very best to learn, and I went there, and it was both intuitive and uh, intellectual, but it was a passion that went beyond anything explaining uh, that caused me to learn everything I could and not to stop learning.
4: So were there some original documents that that you were able to go to? I mean, anything...
2: No, but there was an original treasure, and it was described in the records of the in- Inquisition as being so powerful as to transform the world. So this is real. See,
1: I didn't know that when I was reading this. So yes. this is real. I knew the Cathars were real.
0: And isn't isn't that kind of uh, speaking of fiction? Isn't that Whoa. in that uh, Steven Spielberg film um, from years ago, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Isn't doesn't that I and mean, that's in that as well, right? Probably. Yeah. Yes. So, so a treasure that would dead.
1: change the world was their terminology. Exactly. I didn't
2: know that. And their terminology was very precise. They had accurate records the Inquisition. The one thing the Catholic Church did was to annotate every person they destroyed. Okay. Their oh, kind of like, like Richard or
1: Nixon, get or rid of the tapes. The Nazis,
0: uh, <laughs> very, very good at keeping records.
2: Hey, yeah. thanks for, uh, do you have another question? Well, I was just wondering, is there going to be a third book?
1: We asked her, <laughs> Ray.
2: I hope. If, if there is, I'd like it to be about what comes next, how the world transforms. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for so calling much. Conversations
1: with Friends. Please call in if you have a question, 242-7800. But I'm going to go back because... Jim, you haven't read it yet, but uh, you have a character in there called the overseer from the that's in the Catholic Church. Is that something you made up, or is there a, uh, some evidence that there's a part of the Catholic Church that even the Pope isn't aware of? Is that is that likely, or is that just kind of a
2: well? There's it's a big organization. There's we're a lot about. of evidence to show that there's a part of the Catholic Church that not only does the Pope perhaps not know about but should be in fear of and mm. there are many examples including the deaths, sudden deaths of a couple of popes that would make for another book three <laughs> but um, the overseer I just gave him that name because he actually acted as an overseer on behalf of the highest and best good of the Catholic Church, whether the pope was in on it or not he decided that he would his role was to make sure that he accomplished the best results for the church. So without any consideration of integrity, but just. Well, you know, that, that
1: um, just as, you know, I have such a precious relationship with Jesus and, and who he was as he walked the earth, whether he was man or God, we're all God in potential. And he certainly, and I, everything that he did seems antithetical to so much of what's emerged, mm-hmm. not just in the Catholic Church, but so much in the teachings. And, and you see it in each of the traditions, Jewish and, and Muslim. Not so much, I think, in the Hindu and the um, Buddhist traditions because they don't have the monolithic God. They don't have that that sense of Father God. They have that different, more sense of self-existent presence, pure being. But but um, it, it seems to be just opposite of what he taught. Does it, it? Did it strike you like that? I mean, he's so loving, so Totally so opposite. Gentle, okay. so yeah. honoring of all people and yeah. all, you know, the divine in all. Yeah.
2: And the Cathars really emulated those teachings. They, mm-hmm. they were very supportive of the community. They taught them to be weavers, to grow their fields. They taught them more than just religion. They, they were lovingly embracing their fellow man, recognizing mm-hmm. that the spirit was in each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. But this is antithetical because most religions set up a god define it in a certain way and particularly define that which is not acceptable. You know. So the focus becomes on the tenets which are very um confining. Mm. And I think that's probably why Dan Brown and, and some of the books now are are tweaking the recognition in a lot of people that know there's really something more. Yes, and, and it
1: gets caught up. Isn't it interesting that when people start looking sometimes at the Da Vinci Code, and they I've, I've had several people want to do study groups in the church and all, and I go, you know, have a have a, a study group on a broader, because it is fiction in the sense of whether he married or not. But They want, they take almost the same dogmatic position of, <laughs> yes he was, and all, you almost hear the arguments of, as if it was the other side, and, and it's just, it's as so simple, there's some things we just don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. But
1: what we do know is that he taught unity of consciousness, oneness with all um, sacredness of life and respect and love and don't judge. And, you know, he had such an a embodiment of a presence in everything he did. And, and th- if you want to have a study group, get together and, and then, you know, uh, anyway, we, do we have someone on the We online, have another Jim? caller. Mm-hmm. Take it. And
0: hello, you are in conversations with friends.
4: Yes, hello. Um, I, I, I had a couple of comments to make, if that's okay, sure. and then a question for Nita Hughes.
1: And what is your name, Um, please?
4: I read past Recall as well, and I had the opposite experience from Mary. Um, I found that I had to read past Recall 100 pages before I got into it, whereas Cathar Legacy, the last page of the first chapter propelled me into sleepless (laughs) nights right there anyway but um, you
1: loved them right so they're both page turners (laughs) right i enjoyed both Um, of them too. and
4: then another comment i wanted to make was that in some ways i think it's a, a little sad to compare the books with da vinci code because although da vinci code was a really good read i think that The books that Nita Hughes writes have more substance and less pyrotechnics, so to speak. But it's nice that, you know, nice that Dan Brown opened the doors, that's for sure. But the question that I had was, occasionally, Mary Magdalene is referred to as the Magdalene, which seems sort of generic to me, like the doctor, the architect, the Magdalene. And I wondered if Nita could comment on what that's about.
2: I could comment for more minutes than we have because actually Mary wasn't her name at all. Mary was a titular reference that applied to many, many of the women the actual name. um, And the Magdalene was also, the Magdalene was given to her as that aspect of her that was spiritual and elevated and enlightened. The Magdalene meant almost something uh, a comparison word would be luminous, that it was somebody who was enlightened, but the Mary uh, part of the the description actually applied, as you probably know, to eighteen different women in the Bible at that period of time mentioned in the in the stories about jesus
1: well that's interesting because I was in the Holy Land, there actually is a, a valley they called it where where they say Mary Magdalene lived and it's the Magdalene town. It's right, a town. Yeah. And it's all run down and, and really hasn't been maintained or just rubble. But it has such a sacred vibration. I was um at the temple where Saint Peter had his big epiphany, looked over at it and uh, stubbed my toe in the Hurt myself so badly, and I realized it was the anger from the uh, the the group that sided with Peter against the Magdalene, and yeah. uh, it was right. like ancient those two thousand years of anger. The uh, Holy Spirit said, "I think you should get over it." No, but
2: but that uh, the, but it is a special, it's, even though it hasn't been
1: rebuilt. It's it's a, a town, so the
2: town's it's name called is Magdala.
1: Magdala, yeah. and yeah. it means
2: and it means a tower. And she means a tower, something powerful. And when you go to Rennes-le-Chateau, it's dedicated to the Magdalene. The Templars were dedicated to Mary Magdalene. And there's a tower of Magdala dedicated to Mm -hmm.
0: Mary Magdalene, which means a
2: tower uh, that which incorporates a great deal of strength.
1: Uh, Now, when you found the book on the Cathars and you, you found yourself just immersed in everything you could learn about it, since that time, have you found yourself called to something broader or do you still feel going deeper and deeper into their legacy do you know uh, what I'm asking yes I, yeah, I, n-
2: I do I'm actually I'm always drawn towards any group of individuals who are treated um, in- inequitably I- I- you know uh, injustice in the world and of course that gives me a big palette to draw from
0: I, Whoa, I was just going to say <laughs> you well it. you'll uh, have plenty yeah. to write about we have, anoth- we have another caller
1: we do? Uh, we All do. right. Would you please say hi? You're on the line with Hi. Aloha. Yes, my name is Heidi, Heidi Ricks, and I
4: love Nita's books. Um, I couldn't put it down, especially the Cathar Legacy. It's absolutely brilliant. I recommend it to everybody. And my question, Nita, to you is, um, do you, what would be your theory that there is more interest about these people now, so many years, 500 years after they were Extinguished, almost. Um, do you have a theory on that? Why they why they've become more popular again now? Why there is more interest?
2: Well, the easy answer would be that um, it's in the ether, so to speak, as evidenced by Dan, Dan Brown's books and other books, but. Um, I think, I mean, you, if you believe in past, present, future, you could say that these souls have reincarnated and they're here to goose the world into a better direction. That, that's an interesting answer to the question. But I, I do think that there's not any past, present, future. But that it's such a strong energy that is so much in need right now that it's surfacing in the guise of some profound books. Thank
0: you. Thank you for your call. Thank
1: you. and, and it's everywhere. This awareness of the feminine aspect of presence, whether you call it God, it's, it's everywhere. The respect and, um, and I just have such a, a appreciation that it's the balance, it's the union, the communion, becoming one, and that, that we're all called to become the masculine, feminine self. All of us to carry all of it. And you certainly help with this wonderful Catholic legacy because the, the realization that as you grow in spirituality, you grow in, in compassion and kindness in inclusivity creativity um, appreciating all of life and as you said that about um, uh, people that have been um, challenged or treated unfairly I'm going to be leaving in four weeks to go to Dharmasala India where is the, the secular home of the Dalai Lama, thanks to the Indian government, when the Chinese came in he was given refuge and sanctuary and he has a very simple home they call the palace it's (laughs) very simple, clapboard kind of nice big rooms (laughs) Um, and I'll be staying right there and and the children that they brought over because so many of the refugees, they, they get the children out and the adults stay, um, mm-hmm. but one sixth of his people were killed since nineteen fifty seven. It's, it's almost it's like you just think of America. If one out of six mm-hmm. of us was killed mm-hmm. by another power, who then brought their own people in, um, that, that's the and and they are you know the reason I am bringing it up is they are the gentlest, the most generous, the most wise, the kindest. Um, I I just thought you know the the great incarnations might be Hawaiian or Tibetan. Mm. And uh, Tibetans, uh, because they're still held together with with the leader of the Dalai Lama, that gives them, uh, you know, I've seen of the Hawaiian Sovereignty Movement, with that one uh, agreed-upon sacred leader gives you such a a strong point. And I know there's many great leaders here. Um, They're so loving
2: and so forgiving, you know, the sense of forgiveness. They really have incorporated those lessons Totally in their heart. They live it. And mm-hmm. and even
1: though we have virtually stolen their land or taken it, you know, and and they, the aloha energy is very much the Tibetan energy, that deep reverence and respect and unitive consciousness. You see it in aloha mm-hmm. and you see unitive consciousness so much in the Tibetans. That I could see you writing about them. That's uh, 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 They have the Cathar the way you yeah, wrote sure. it, that loving... Supreme
2: injustice counterbalanced by extraordinary compassion and acceptance.
1: Yes, when you hear the Dalai Lama say that he would not do anything to harm a Chinese because they're as poor as the Tibetans, mm-hmm. and he would... Not authorize anything to get an advantage if it hurt no. any Chinese. So that that's an amazing statement when you think of how we reacted to nine eleven and and what is possible on the planet. And we need that kind of leadership. Your friend Desmond Tutu, Jim. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
0: people, and there are, there are these souls who really, who really get it and they vibrate with that. You said you, you can see it in their eyes and their understanding of, of the fact that other people have harmed them and their constituency and they're still very forgiving. Well, and, I
1: know what Einstein said when they, you know, on a simple level where they, um, threw bricks in his house and threatened him when he was at Princeton because, you know, he was in his 20s when he came up with the theory of relativity. So, I mean, he uh, was a young man, and yeah. yet he was Jewish. And so he was just vilified. And, and, and they said, why why aren't you angry? And I loved his comment. And he said, I don't live there. I don't live there and I, I mean it's taken me years to understand what he means. I don't live in that vibration, so yeah, I see the brick come and I under I understand that they, but I don't go there. And yeah. that's what your Cathars uh, mm-hmm. and that's their it. energy and, and you've caught it and you've brought it back. And the book is Cathar Legacy. You can go online and get it. Is that right? Amazon. Uh, yes,
2: and actually I'm going to do a, a book signing at the Maui Booksellers Saturday, the 3 Saturday, p.m. Saturday, 3 yeah. p.m. Maui Booksellers right here, here. In Wiley. Mm. Of course,
0: yeah. they
1: wouldn't know that it's on radio. You're driving right. around, but right. how fun for somebody! who's here visiting on the island, you always say to people, you're on Maui and you're going to take back your suntan and the beautiful. But how great to take back an idea. Hmm. And what a great read. Have you got this up in um, down here on, in Barnes and Nobles? Borders. Borders, Borders. it will be. What they you got it right? Yeah. Let yeah. me know. Yeah. Okay, and they're going to awesome. put
2: it out because I was going to say, so it's not there yet? No, they can order it. They can can order, order, but as far as presenting it there, it's... it's Oh, yeah, they should have it right as you want. William, I hope you're listening. No, uh, I did uh, the past recall, and I think William would be... Yeah. Oh, it's fabulous! It's Cather le- Legacy, the pa- and and two. You really,
1: you might as well order them both because you read one, you're going to want to read the other one. But um, it's just been great to have you come Thank and you. Uh, come home. You've been off visiting your grandkids, your do- your sons, daughters. I had what- my
2: mom and all my children at Mother's Day, which was so special. I love it. Them. Is I thought of mm-hmm. you on Mother's Day and. And Jim cooked me a wonderful We had a Mother's Day f-
0: I, festival I, I, dro- <laughs> I
1: drove home from that house and realized I was the only old person there no. and I thought, that was so fun we There were 20 something. people in their 20s and 30s and Jim barely made it to 40 and then, <coughs> then there was grandmother <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. it's, it was lovely Jim's a great cook, for those of you who don't know
0: Yes, my, we'll be dining at my house later. We should take a break and hear from our sponsors. And make we should, and then we'll be back with Possible. Nita
1: Hughes. And um, I just want to say, Jim, because we're back at the Maui Tropical Plantation this week. After we two took a weeks co- sabbatical, and we're going to be there every week at ten o'clock. Ten o'clock, and I want to tell people about some great speakbook coming. We've got Doctor Serge King coming. We've got uh, Dr. Michael Todd, Ram Das, Marie Smith, Wayne Dyer. So stay tuned to Conversations with Friends.
0: Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242 9327.
3: Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with a refinance? Hawaii's Premier Mortgage Company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality, or they can help in the refinance of your existing home. With their experience-guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic, Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's Premier Mortgage various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the Magicians at either office location location call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at 874-8800 or in West Maui call 665-8800
0: now, back to Conversations with Friends.
1: Well, it has been a great morning, Jim.
0: It's been so much fun talking about the Cathars with Nita Hughes. It's
1: a great read. Cathar Legacy. Go on, well, you can go on Unity on Maui. You can go on Unity on Maui. Click on the
0: link that takes you to Amazon and then if you order the book, The Cathar Legacy, or any other book that Amazon sells, and it's like millions, uh, a a very nice percentage, you get it very quickly and uh, 8% is donated to Unity on Maui. (laughs) Because you're going to
1: have to order it from Borders. You might as well know that, you can go to the booksellers right here in Wailuku on Saturday, and they have it. And they'll have it in stock and you get it
0: signed by Nita, which is always fun.
1: It's always fun. So Nita, I can't wait till your next one. It's very good.
0: Who's coming Thank to you. Who's coming to church in the next... Well, let
1: me tell you, um, me next week. You'll be here. Okay. That's good. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, then we have on uh, Sunday, July 11th, we have one of the leading HUNA experts, Dr. Serge King. Mm -hmm. And he's going to not only do Sunday morning, but do a workshop for us. He's in Europe right now. I mean, he's world famous and he's willing to come over. We're so grateful. Then the next Sunday, I'll be in India, mm-hmm. is uh, Dr. Michael Todd. Mm. And uh, that's the week after Father Day. I'm actually back for Father Day. I go to Alaska because we have to do a, our. The Unity churches are throwing their annual meeting on a cruise that to Alaska. Like God fun. bless the churches <laughs> of Unity. That's I mean. a fun place. So I have to do that. It's a work trip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah I know. The board <laughs> wondered too, but I have to go. And the whales. I have looked forward to seeing where the whales feed in the summer. We're oh, you into can that. say hello. You're, you're our friends oh. you're in the winter, and you're, I'll you're you I'll let them know. I'm summer. waiting for them. So I him love them. But but just so we we have on Sunday from June 25th on, we have Dr. Michael Todd, who's dedicating his world book opening of um, the Parables of the Bible. and It's amazing. I mean, he's a, he won the best uh, spiritual book of the year in 2000. Mm-hmm. Five mm-hmm. And this one, they say, is much, much
0: better. And he's dedicated that here? Yes, the his World
1: Talk. Tour, and he's, he's uh, dedicated to Unity of Maui. We wow. want to thank him. That's totally cool. That is We cool. have Marie Smith, the former president of ARP. Mm-hmm. Ram Dass, mm-hmm. July 9th. Hallelujah. We have mm-hmm. Lea Ryder who's taken her kids to uh, Japan on the Aloha Peace Tour. She'll wow. be back. Followed by Wayne Dyer. I'll be back for Wayne Dyer. Yeah. So it's just going to be a blockbuster summer.
0: Byron Katie will be with us next Tuesday on the radio. On the
1: radio, you want to definitely be here to listen to Byron Katie, one of my favorite. Got the best book title, "Loving What Is," is. and that's it, friends. Just take a deep breath, and whatever's going on, love what is, because it's kind of insane not to, since that's all there is, Mm -hmm. and that love moves it right along. So that's cool. And then. we want to also let you know that we've got some great workshops. Besides Serge King, coming up in June, we have a woman doing soul mastery. And she's an amazing person who um, just ignites a lot of growth, inner growth. And she's going to be here. We also have Krista um, Morph, who's one of our favorites. Compassionate,
0: communic- yeah. nonviolent, compassionate communications.
1: And we're going to be on the air while I'm gone. Jim is going to be interviewing these great people.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun, and so while we will miss you, and you'll be trekking around you the world, rubbing elbows me, with the Dalai Lama, um, we will have some a lot of fun, and then talk to people here on Tuesday show, and then, of course, see them at church on Sunday.
1: It's just so great, and we do invite you to the Maui Tropical Plantation, 930 is silence.
0: And 10 a.m. is the Sunday service.
1: Celebration, celebration. Our uh, another Maui author, Ellie Wilcox Jordan, has written a little book called Tapestry. It is not good to continue struggling with an error that you cannot seem to correct. <laughs> Say your prayer, put it out of your mind, and have a good night's sleep. I love Which, that. Jim. How's that for you? That's
0: good. How I does? did a sleep lab last night. I was connected with twenty four wires to a computer, and that doesn't leave for a restful <laughs> sleep.
1: <laughs> well, why not?
0: I don't know, but anyway, I've given it up to God, and I think I'm just going to do a little more exercise and uh, not worry about it.
1: I think that's a very good idea, you know uh, um I like to remind people, God doesn't have your answers. God is your answer. God doesn't solve your problems. When you go into God consciousness and that vibration, your problems simply dissolve. So I just, I'm just, i just so grateful to be here with you on Maui.
0: It's great to be with you. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday right here in Conversations with Friends. I'm Jim Jacobson.
1: Mary Omwake. And next week, Byron Katie. Stay tuned and uh, have a blessed day. Hello.
0: As a child, I used to play all day the waves Later
4: that night, lying in my bed